Welcome to Golf Life Now's podcast, sponsored by Logan Anderson, Gulf Coastal Realtors. I'm your host, Bill Anderson, and the topic today is your best free debt-to-income calculator. Now, this may sound a little bit silly to have a podcast about a debt-to-income calculator, but it's a tool like any other, and if you want to be able to use it properly, you need to have some instruction. And since the debt-to-income ratio is one of the key factors in making a determination on whether you can buy a house or not, it's important that you learn this. And we thought it was time to just lay it out for you, not only as a podcast, but as a blog article on our website, LoganAndersonLLC.com. That's L-O-G-A-N-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N-L-L-C.com. I would suggest that you go to our blog site so that you can actually see the calculator on the page and enter the information into the calculator. Since you can't do that, obviously, from where you're now, maybe on the interstate or driving down the road or possibly sitting where you don't have access to a cell phone or a calculator, I'm going to at least explain the concepts behind debt-to-income ratio and why it's so important. Before I get into the actual details of debt-to-income, I do want to mention that it is one factor. The other factor is your credit score, and the other factor is your income. Now, there are a lot of minor factors that come off of these things, but all three of those are important. So I'm going to start with your credit score for one thing. You can't buy a house if you have a 200 credit score. Now most people don't have a 200 credit score, so I'm just throwing that out there. My point here is that you need to look at your credit score before you go further because doing the calculations on debt to income is not important if your credit score won't qualify you to buy a house. I suggest that you need a credit score in the high 600s you can buy a house with a credit score in the low 600s. You have to find a mortgage broker and a program that will fit for you. However, the interest rate is going to be pretty high at that rate. Nevertheless, you need to make sure that your credit score is loan worthy, that it fits the requirements for the mortgage lender. And once you do that, then you can check that box off if it's not, you need to work on it. There are ways to do that. We have done podcasts and blog articles about how to fix your credit. Just look at our website, LoganAndersonLLC.com, and it takes time to do that. But I'm moving along as assuming that you have good credit, and let's go to the next thing, and that is income. We're going to cover that a little bit in here, so I'm not going to get into it that much. But you must be able to pay for that loan and it's going to be verified, as I'll talk about in just a moment. Then the following is the debt-to-income. So let's jump right into the debt-to-income, and let's talk about what that means. So starting out with the actual debt, what a lender is going to look for 
is any debt that shows up on the credit reporting agencies. That would be credit cards, that would be loans for cars and trucks and motorhomes and motorcycles and possibly a personal loan, those kinds of debts. Any debt that you owed from a judgment against you, child support, anything that shows up on a credit report. You might start by getting your credit report. You can get a free one once a year. If not, and you have a credit card, you can go to the credit card supplier. They probably will be able to give you one for free. This is before you actually go to talk to a loan broker. We're going to try to help you just get a few things out of the way before you spend time with a broker in the event that you realize before you even make that call that you can't qualify. So let's go through the steps here to see that you might possibly qualify to buy a loan and then you can start the process with a loan broker and they'll help you fix little things with your credit that are off just a little bit, help you with some other aspects of the loan itself and then explain the process and then the programs for you. So back to the debt to income. I've already explained the kind of debt they're looking for. I'll tell you what they're not looking for. They're not looking for the fact that you owe your sister some money. Don't put anything down on the application that is not reported on the agencies. That's why it's important that you get a copy of it and you see what's out there. Obviously, you need to work on any problems, anything that's out there that shouldn't be out there and take it off. But anything that's valid out there, you need to figure out what that is. And when you go into our calculator here, you're going to be entering in different fields the different types of debt that you owe such as credit card debt, alimony uh, payments that you have to make, and anything like that. We've broken it down so that you don't forget anything rather than just lump it all together. The first item on that form is going to be entering your future mortgage payment. Not the current one, but the future one. If you're paying rent today, that's okay. But if you're planning on buying a house down the road, that's the, what this whole process is all about, then you can work out what your mortgage payment is going to be. Fortunately, at the bottom of the article on our blog site, you can click and find the mortgage payment calculator and go through and work that out. Put that number in there as your mortgage payment. Now that will include taxes, principal, interest, and insurance. All those things are part of that mortgage payment. And again, that's not what you're paying now, but it's what you will be paying. Then you go down and you enter all of your credit card debt, your auto loans, your student loans, child support, alimony. We're not gonna leave anything out here. If it's out there, and it's in print, they're going to see it. So you've got to head that off and make sure you have it all in there. Even if that item that's on the credit reporting agency is not accurate, I suggest for your first view at this, because this is just because you're going to do it for yourself, put it in there because it's listed. You're going to have to get it out later on. But let's see if you qualify for it with it in there already and then obviously work on trying to take it out of there. You're also going to put in 
any HOA payment that you'll have to make if you're going to buy a property that has an HOA and there's a field to put that in there as well. So that covers the debt aspect of this. Now let's get into the income. Now when we talk about income, we're talking about gross income. That means the income before any taxes are taken out, before any 401k, before any deductions are taken out. That's the top line. Any income from other sources that can be verified can be included. That would be interest, dividends. You can always produce documents to show where that comes from. And we're all talking about a monthly amount every month that comes in, month in and month out. You can take an annual dividend drop or a quarterly dividend drop and you can divide it out by the month as long as you have documentation to show that this in fact is a constant source of income. That's what they're looking for. They're not looking for the fact that you sold a piece of property last year and you earned $20,000. That will show up on your income tax reports and you're going to have to explain that too. But what they're looking for for income is the stability of having a constant source that comes in month in and month out. Even if you're not employed, you may still uh, receive certain kinds of income, such as retirement income, pensions, that kind of income. All of that still works, and you may still qualify to buy a house. But you have to put all that income in. Don't put any income in that cannot be verified. It has to be verified because the lender is going to verify all of your income. If you have income from a part-time business or some type of business income, they're probably going to reduce that by 25% or more. Regardless, put the gross amount in there until they tell you that they want some other type of amount. When you put all of this data in there, you put your expenses in there and you put all of your income in the tool, then you're going to see at the bottom of the form the results. It'll give you your debt to income percent. Now, that's just the start. You may have received some information about what the debt to income ratio should be. When you start working with a lender, the lender will give you their specifics. They'll tell you that they want it to be 40% or 45% or 50%. Now, we mentioned in our blog article there's some wiggle room. A lot of articles will give you something like 35% or 40%. Every article has a different percentage in there, and the reason for this is that lenders have some latitude on what they want to put in there, and that latitude will come with a cost. The higher they allow for a debt-to-income ratio, such as 50%, you can bet the interest rate's going to be higher. Now, if you really want to buy that house and you can still afford it, well, maybe that doesn't make any difference to you. I would suggest that you put in 40 to 45% just as a placeholder to take a look at how this rolls out for you. This, with the front-end ratio target, I'd put in 24 to 25%. Now, what they're going to do is take a look at what it's going to cost for your housing cost relative to your income as well. And that usually is right around 24 25%. But again, that has some flexibility depending on the lender that you're working with. 
So I'd put in 24 25% there. After you put these target numbers in there, you're going to see if your ratio is positive or negative. If the number is positive, you're good to go. If you've checked the other two blocks, which is that you have good credit and that you have income, well, you're probably going to be able to get a loan. It's not that the debt-to-income ratio is a hurdle by itself. It's one of those three items that I mentioned, and each one of them is a stop sign. It's either you can pass or you can't pass. You can't have two out of three. You can't have excellent credit and good income and not be able to pass the income to debt ratio. You're going to have to have all of them lined up here. So it's good for you to go through this and do it on your own before you reach out to a loan broker because they're going to need the information that you used to create this because they're going to do exactly the same thing. As a matter of fact, what you can do is send the completed form over to them and say, look, we've helped you out a little bit. This is the information you're going to need. You can pull it right off the form, and you can see that we qualify based on the ratio that you just gave us, which might be 40% or 48% or something like that. There are, are other details regarding the ratios that you can learn about if you read more on our website, which is loganandersonllc.com. We have quite a few articles about buying a house there and what you need to be able to do to qualify. I think I've pretty much covered this aspect here. So if you understand what that means, you're going to be able to work faster and easier with a loan broker. If you go to the website and actually use that tool, you can put your email address in there and submit, and the system will produce a PDF for you which you can then save. You can actually put a note in a field at the bottom with the name of that particular PDF and you can make as many as you want based on different scenarios. So let's back up a little bit. Let's say that you have a negative number and that means you can't buy a house based on the scenario here. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you can't buy a house per se depending on the loan company's requirements. Remember, you're going to put a number in there. You might put 45 in there and they may allow 50. And when you go to look at it, you're at 47 and you're over the top. But you may not be over the top with a different lender. That's the point I'm trying to make here. So don't get all panicked out if it's a negative number. But having said that, the highest number that most people will ever be able to get to is a 50%. That means that you're spending roughly half of your total income on your housing and all your other bills and things, and that's getting into risky territory for lenders. Lenders don't like risk, so the way they mitigate risk is by charging a higher interest rate, by charging higher upfront costs to be able to get into the loan to start with. So as I mentioned, go back to your debt. Take a good look at that debt and determine if changing one of those numbers such as paying off a credit card or paying off a car would make a material difference at the bottom. You can use this to model. Play around with it until you get the number that works for you. 
if 45% is required for you and you're at 46, then there isn't much you need to do to reduce that down, possibly just pay off a little bit of a credit card, not even the entire credit card. Put that number in there and see when that works for you and then take action to make that happen. And then also make sure nothing else changes in the meantime. Those are things that you can do. Don't kid yourself, however, in believing that you can get negative things taken off your credit report when they're real things. They really happened. On occasion, some entity may decide that they will take something off after you write them letters and pay them lots of money, but that's a risk to take if you're proceeding down the road on the path to buy a house, you've already started working on it, you picked a house out, because that may not happen in time. That is the problem with trying to fix some of these issues when there isn't much time to do it. Another reason to plan well ahead and create a budget for yourself, think about this maybe six months out, and work on your credit all during that time. There are a lot of things you can do. There are, as I said, there are articles on our website that you can read that will help you in that planning process. There's also a link to a great budget tool that's also free on the blog article which is the same title as this podcast, Your Best Free Debt to Income Calculator, I would strongly suggest that you start working on the process well ahead of the time when you actually want to look for the house itself to make sure that if you have any issues with your credit, you have time to resolve them. It may take two or three months for someone that agreed to take something off your report by the time it actually gets off the report. So you can't really start down that path and hope it's going to be done by a closing date. Well, speaking of closing, in closing, please listen to our other podcasts on Golf Life Now. You can hear them on any podcast playing source, such as Apple or Google. And also check out our website at Logan Anderson, L-O-G-A-N-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N-L-L-C.com. You'll find, as I mentioned before, lots of articles about real estate, finance, investing even. If you're interested in following up on those articles, it'll help you a great deal when it comes to buying your first home. And if you bought homes before, it'll give you a refresher. So thank you again for coming to our podcast, and we hope you visit our website as well.